It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for today. I'm with me today is Dr. Lee Min Yen as we discuss the CCP's suppression of religion, like all communist countries, and how this is part of their unrestricted warfare. China's religious persecution and unrestricted warfare is our focus today. In this episode, we'll provide a strategic perspective, assessments, analysis, and insights to provide a deeper understanding of the importance of unrestricted warfare and how the CCP uses ideology, religion, and issues as ways to fulfill their strategy. Now, this is part of an ongoing series and critical discussion between myself and Dr. Yen on cognitive warfare. I engage with her quite often on her weekly program, The Voice of Dr. Yen, and here with her, me on the National Security Hour. Both of these programs are on America Out Loud, not Out Loud Real Talk Network. A quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn is worth reading here because it's very appropriate given this topic. He stated, within the philosophical system of Marx and Lenin, and at the heart of their psychology, hatred of God is the principal driving force, more fundamental than all their political and economic pretensions. Militant atheism is not merely incidental or marginal to the communist policy. It is not a side effect, but the central pivot. To achieve its diabolical ends, communism needs to control a population devoid of a religious and national feeling. And this entails the destruction of faith and nationhood. Communists proclaim both of these objectives openly and just as openly go about carrying them out. Now, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, of course, a, a very well-known dissident from the former Soviet Union. And most, someone, if you haven't heard from him before or haven't read his Gulag Archipelago or other materials, you should go back and read it. Now, there's another organization, the Victims of Communists Memorial Foundation. And for almost 30 years, this organization has been educating all ages about the horrors of communism and to have out right now a new curriculum with 33 chapters and 10 sections. And this, in the first section, the introduction to communism, I wanted to quote from a few excerpts in chapter three. They say, most Americans believe in God and a majority observe some form of religious or spiritual practice. Communism, theoretically, ideologically, and historically, opposes God and all forms of religion. From the time of Karl Marx to today, communism is based on the abolition of religion. In 1844, Marx wrote, religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of the heartless world and the soul of the soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. Marx compared religion with opium because he believed that religion, like a drug, provides at best temporary relief from pain and suffering. For Marx, Karl Marx, a man created religion to survive life's hardships. Lenin then expanded Marxism with the argument that all religions are a tool used by the bourgeois to repress the working class. 
rather than wait for the creation of a communist society to make religion unnecessary, as Marx believed, Lenin would actively seek to destroy it. The policy has served as the foundation for decades of religious persecution in the Soviet Union and the rest of the communist world. Today, we're going to get Dr. Yen's perspective as we discuss the following three main questions. First, why do communist countries persecute those who have religious beliefs? Second, is the CCP committing genocide against those who practice Falun Gong? And third, how does religious persecution tie into the unrestricted warfare? And with that, let me bring in a great partner, a great guest, and a true expert, not only in Chinese virology, but also in what's happening with Chinese and cognitive warfare. She is a medical doctor, PhD, and experts on China's bioweapons and cognitive warfare, as I've mentioned. And she is a guest expert on a variety of the major news networks, where she shares her expertise and unique insights into the Communist, Chari Communist Ch Chinese Party. She can be heard on America Out Loud Radio Network every weekday, weekend at 4 p.m. Eastern on Dr. Yan, the voice of Dr. Yan. Dr. Yan, welcome. Let's start with the first question. Why do communists, from your perspective, persecute those who have religious beliefs? Thanks, sir. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, as you have already mentioned, communism from the beginning is opposite to the religion. Especially when we talk about Christian and Catholic. So we talk about what God tells us through Bibles. And we talk about, uh, we, we learn that you know, we have the nature of human rights. And uh, like the great country, like the America, was founded based on what God taught us. And you have the constitution and you make sure, guarantee that human rights, democracy, freedom should be protected. However, for communism, all of this should be abandoned, should be eliminated because communism they require for the violence. They are using the clandestine uh, organization, using all the legal ways and telling the most fancy words. But in, I mean, indeed, they just try to take over all the power in the world and they have to establish their own regime. And their regime we have seen from Soviet Union, we have seen from Vietnam and uh, Cambodia before. We also have seen it still on in China and they are very anti-human. So in this case, if you accept what the religion tell you, and if you know that you have the human rights, if you pursue freedom, then from the um, essential way, you're already at the opposite side of the communism. And you cannot accept their ideology because I learned uh, communism from the child in school. This is compulsory. And we have to remember their doctrines. And they all teach you there is no God. Based on this priority is how they can further brainwash you in every aspect. So that's a fundamental thing. That's so why it's interesting to suppress people. Okay, no, no, thank you very much for that input. So you coming from China, I have a, a few few questions here related to that to get your inside perspective, because like myself, many Americans and others listeners here in the world probably haven't visited China, right? A lot of people don't get out of their hometown. So in a 2015, a Gallup poll found that 
the number of convinced atheists in China to be 61%. But from your perspective, growing up in China, how did they, did they even talk about religion? Did they condemn religion or uh, it, was it just a topic that was uh, foreboding? So that's a very good question. In China, when we really want to talk about religion, I mean, you can talk in certain level. What I mean is before I leave China, I mean, recently, especially in these several years, Xi Jinping has made the most strict uh, policies to suppress this kind of conversation even. However, when, like, when I was young, when I grew up, you can talk, but that is just kind of, you are judged something which is not part of your life, like, you, like how you talk about someone else's life. But religion is never something into the family life, especially in majority of the area in China, except for like in uh, Tibet, in, the, in Xinjiang, in West China, there are some parts they still uh, have the, like, uh, they are Muslims. So that's different. China tried, CCP tried to control the religion and go through religion to control that. But for majority of Chinese people, it's better hand, the biggest risk. So what our education is that, first, God never exists. There is no God. And uh, so all the things, Bible or other things tell you, like the fair tales. And uh, what you need to learn is, Chairman Mao already said, human must beat the God. And human always uh, definitely can win the nature. And also you, you need to know, there is no God but your lives and your, all your life, all everything belongs, uh, belongs to you are given by Chinese Communist Party. Without party, without anything, Party is a superior above everything. So they have, that's why they are totally opposite to religion, to the God. They use themselves to yes. replace this concept. And this is, I, I would say, this is another type of the theocracy, but it's not that typical. Yeah, so that's interesting because what you're saying basically is the state is their God. And Chinese and communist states make the state as their God. You know, when I was in a former Soviet Union, uh, religious uh, people were persecuted there as well. And the, the Soviet KGB infiltrated many of the uh, Orthodox churches there and, and had many Orthodox church priests and stuff like that compromised. Uh, and so within China, uh, I don't believe they have many churches at all. Uh, from your perspective, have you ever seen a, a church within uh, any of the provinces where you were at? Or are there many, very few, or what? There are churches, and the churches are more like the museum or more like the tour place for you. And so I live in Qingdao, which is a, a city uh, open to the world uh, even before World War One. So Russia, Japan, and Germany, they, they all stay in Qingdao and uh, build their own churches or their own uh, buildings. So we have a very beautiful Catholic church in Qingdao, which is a landmark. However, I grew up there. I can tell you, even my grandma is a Catholic. She only has been into the church maybe within 10 times. Mm -hmm. That has to be a special event and then 
government allow you to go in, you have to show that you are a uh, your Catholic and whatever, it's, it's not easy. And for me, I never had chance to go in because I'm not Catholic registered in China. So you're not allowed to go in and you can just check outside. And another big church made of stone in Guangzhou, another top city in China, I've been there. So it is open for the church, but it doesn't give you the knowledge of Bibles or something. Still, yeah. when we talk to the Bible, talk to the God, they will manage to lead you to, oh, this is fair tale and CCP is superior to that. Oh, very interesting. So there's a July uh, article in the Washington Times about uh, China's religious persecution. And what I found interesting here in this discussion, it's always interesting to get a perspective from someone who's actually been there, right? As, as you come to America, you learn about uh, probably a number of things that were, were told to you as falsehoods there, but you also realize there's some truth in certain aspects of the narrative that was probably painted. But what I find interesting in this article here is that uh, uh, Robert Knight, Washington Times, says that China's 10-year plan to rewrite the Bible and the Quran and other religious texts to conform to communist dogma. What he points out here is, is that the scholars in China are refashioning the Old and New Testaments into communist-friendly versions that will reflect the theology of Mao and Xi rather than of the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, the Bible was written by 44 authors over a period of 1,500 years. But what, what he's saying in this article is that China is preparing to flood its people with false scriptures, which basically, again, replaces the state in place of God. Now, what I find interesting here is he said China has an estimated 100 million Christians. Now, from a billion people, that's 10 percent. That's that's a significant number of, of potential Christians there. From your and that within this, you you have Falun Gong, the Uyghurs, the Tibetan, the Muslims, and Christians. From your perspective, how are uh, the Uyghurs and the Falun Gong members viewed within China itself when you when you were there? Okay, so first, according to Chinese Communist Party's policies, when we talk about, uh, I don't know whether we really have 100 million Chinese people Christian. To be honest, the, uh, when I grow up, people around me, there are barely any uh, Christian. And the thing is, uh, the data in China, uh, we usually don't believe it. And uh, what we are talking about is, in China, religion can be two parts. One part is legal religion. The others, they call all of them cult. So that means they don't admit it. So for from our propaganda, from the education we, we are given uh, in the school, uh, in the media, so the legal ones are the ones uh, leading by the, we have a bureau. It's called Bureau of the, uh, I think it's called administration, a state administration of religious affairs, religious affairs. And this, administration is directly controlled by United Front Work Department. So that gives you all the idea, the nature of this bureau, because United Front Work is to use all the power to work with people who are not CCP members in the society to let them serve for CCP's political interests. So religions here, is used to, to be a tool for CCP to reinforce its um, all the ruling. So yes. one hand, they eliminate the part 
doesn't really listen to them, or maybe you just have a little bit thing that cannot satisfy CCP. Like in Xinjiang, some people are allowed to go to the uh, the Moscow, but not all. There are certain people, especially you are in a very red family or you are well controlled, well uh, dominated by CCP, then you can go to Moscow because this can pre- present an image to the world. Say we still have freedom of religion. Yes, yes. But majority of people, if you dare to talk about the bad sides of CCP or you learn too much from Kuren or too much not what CCP want you to learn, then you are sent to the re-education camp, like Clark. So that happened to all this type of religious group. And for CCP, they have rewrite not only Bible or um, Quran, they also made the law that in, like in China, when we talk about legal part, legal Catholic, legal Christian, legal Buddhism, all this, they have their own, uh, like for example, Catholic have the Catholic bishop uh, yes. conference. Uh, and these are bishops selected by CCP. They learned the CCP series, she thoughts, more thoughts, every day in the school, and then well-trained, so they know how to combine it into the Bible when they give you all this doctrine. Well, but, so we have to run the break here, but when we come back, yeah. I want to follow up on that and then tie it into the Biden administration here a bit. But as we go to break, be sure to make AmericaOutLoud.News your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We must all do our part and share the stories, the stories, the articles, and podcasts and videos so we can help secure America's future. We'll be right back. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix Rx is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix Rx throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix Rx banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. 
Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the NASA's Curie Hour. On today with me is Dr. Li Minyan, a world-known virologist expert who escaped from the Chinese Communist Party. And today, what we're talking about is unrestricted warfare and the use of religious prosecution by the CCP. But as we are going to break, Dr. Yen mentioned about how all the religions are labeled basically cults within uh, the CCP in China. And everyone who practices those specific religions has to do some sort of registration and control. What I, what I find interesting here is here in the United States is how the radical left progressives continually to prosecute and persecute Christians, as you've seen from like at the Dodgers ballgame stadium, this transgenders mocking the crucifix and Christians. And now at, you see the LGBT pride, pride and the transgenderism coming out. You now see the Muslim community come out with the Christian community to oppose this stuff here. And it puts the Democrats and radical left progressives into a quandary because they used to then condemn and they still condemn all Christians, all Catholics. But now they're finding a quandary here because they can't condemn the Muslims at the same time then use them as a tool. So this is interesting because it's much like, as you're saying, within China, they allow certain people to practice religion and do certain things to get their point across to show that the Chinese Communist Party is an open and free society. But just like here in the U.S., there's a large amount of hypocrisy in all of that. OK, so it's very interesting to see this because you hear nothing from the Biden administration about the persecution of these different religions. And you see organizations like the National Basketball Association continue to work with the genocidal regime in China that's committing genocide against the Uyghurs and others. So let's go on to the second question here. And this is an interesting one here because I really want to get your perspective for our audience here because we hear a lot in the United States about the Falun Gong and the practice of Falun Gong. Why is this such a controversial topic to some? So I just, you know, I'll get your perspective is some people uh, have mentioned to me that this can be a very controversial topic. So why is that from, from, a, from a Chinese perspective? Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, this is very controversial and very sensitive. sensitive. From my perspective, why? It's because, first, this is a very huge group of people that Chinese Communist Party try to suppress. Uh, not try, they have done a lot to suppress them. And uh, there are a lot of Falun Gong members are persecuted. This is definitely should be condemned and the CCP should be held accountable for these crimes. 
And uh, however, when we talk about these people, they have suffered a lot. We also should think about in their, this whole group, are there some people try to use this Falun Gong to do something as what CCP has done? Because in this group, I mean, we are talking about it is now called as religion and previously actually back to 1990s. At that time, when Falun Gong started, it is just a group to practice the breathing exercise, Qigong. And at that time, it was very popular in China and CCP, those senior uh, high-level CCP members also enjoy that. That's why a lot of Qigong developed at that time. It was not religion from the beginning. And then later when it developed, Falun Gong uh, gradually become a religious combined with the uh, Qigong. And this triggered the CCP at that time is the chairman Jiang Zemin, their uh, administration's um, alarm. Because once you have this kind of religious group in China, that means you have your own leader. And that means Uh, This create a potential threat to the government. So that's why, like the religious group in Tibet, in Xinjiang, China start to use the national power to suppress and to prosecute people. However, after that, I mean, a lot of people in China were prosecuted just because they attended this group. And it doesn't mean China only target Falun Gong people. It's because Falun Gong people has a group organized, so their their voice can be heard by outside. But majority of Chinese people, their their voice cannot be delivered. So that's why people will say, oh, Falun Gong people are the target. Yes, they are. But at the same time, the other Chinese people are all the targets as long as you show potential anti-CCP or pursue the freedom. And when Falun Gong moved to U.S., based in U.S. and other countries, the thing is, as we have seen, United Front Work is the leader for all the religion, right? So as we have talked before, unrestricted tactic is to make the enemies be your friends working for you. This is unrestricted. It also applied to the members in Falun Gong group. As long as there is an organization, CCP knows how to infiltrate, how to establish their own system inside, and then how to influence people around. They can at least neutralize many people. As long as they neutralize, and then they can have more channels to influence Americans. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that's why when we talk about it's controversial, there are good people inside, and there are also people have different motives stay in this group and they can be at high level or basic level. And another thing very important is that Falun Gong has very strong Chinese culture background. I mean, in Chinese culture, because we never had a real idea of what freedom is. I mean, it's something you never seen. You don't know what it is. You don't know how to maintain, how to defend it. So that's why it's easy that when people establish a group like this, so big, they have their reputation, they will get more uh, power or something. Gradually, easy for the, especially the high-level people, get too close to the 
Taiwanese that kind of organization because you always feel finally you will go to this side because this is the only mode you have learned in your life from your culture. Oh, so that's very so interesting. How, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, how to prevent this happen? This is a very big issue because once CCP get collapsed, I, I believe it will be in the future, but how to prevent different kind of groups using religion as a title to occupy China because China will stay in a very big state for vacuum of the face. People need faith. People need something to su- support them in spirit- spiritually. Yes. At that time, there were definitely some people try to use it to establish theocracy. Even CCP and Xi Jinping try to make theocracy now. So that will be a big threat, potential threat. We need to think about it now. Oh, so very interesting. So, you know, being an Intel analyst and, and such like that, I find a number of things that are interesting from your, your perspective here. So as, as my theory of the information equilibrium uh, discusses, you know, the in a, in a basic form, it's the control of information that decides whether you move towards democracy or toward dictatorship. And so with Falun Gong, one, like I, one can see the various threats here was when you have a group of people, not only is it organized, but you can share information. So culturally, other aspects. And in an article in the Epic Times <clears throat> here back a, a few months ago, Lily Zhao noted that Falun Gong is, a, as you said, initial study is a meditation practice of slow moving exercises, but the doctrine with truthfulness, compassion and forbearance. You know, so those interesting, those are interesting aspects because it speaks to more of the individual, the individual soul, right? And yeah. once, as we've talked before, I don't care where you're at in the world, all I think human beings understand whether they're under a level of suppression or not. And so for this breathing and other meditation aspects here with the groups, it, it provides a definite threat because the potential to flow of information and as you said, advance the flow of the group overall. It says uh, here in the article that there's between 70 to 100 million followers of, of this. But in 1999 is when the persecution started to become uh, pretty predominant. And that uh, in terms of that por- portion, it said that uh, in another article, Davis Mattis, a human rights lawyer and also a Nobel Prize nominee, said Falun Gong adherents have been the target of protracted cold genocide. It's harder to identify than the mass killings in a shorter period of time from other types of genocide. And he talks about the organ harvesting and other aspects of Falun Gong and other ethnic, racial, religious groups within within China. So for us here in America uh, and us in the free world listening now, I don't think a lot of people truly understand is uh, the depth of potential threat that people face by joining this type of group and expressing themselves just in this peaceful manner. They can be murdered, they can be arrested, they can be imprisoned, and in some cases having their organs forcefully taken from them just for practicing what many of us consider such as free and normal every single day. Dr. Yen, could you, would you like to comment on that at all? Oh, yeah. So as I said, Chinese Communist Party target religious groups, but not only religious groups. Just because religious group is an organization, they could easily infiltrate and also they could 
when they once they have infiltrated, they may suddenly get a lot of people from the group they can arrest or they can uh, persecute. So um, in this case, like we all know, if you, for example, in China, if you draw any like church and Moscow and whatever groups, don't talk much. If you talk much like you think, oh, this priest is my friend and I should let him know. I'm not satisfied with current certain policy. The government should change it. Okay, people around you, 95% chance, they will, once you start to talk about it, share it with others, there would be CCP's informant around you record, report, and then you will be a target. Uh, they will, it's up to the situation. Sometimes yes. they immediately arrest you. Sometimes they see who's behind you and try to get more people. And also, why we are talking about Chinese Communist Party, try to, one hand, they eliminate these uh, groups. And another hand, they cultivate certain religious groups for their use. Because the fundamental things, uh, from my perspective, we need spiritual uh, support from, we seek it from the religion, from all this goodwill. It's because we are thinking about the meaning of human lives, life and death. And especially recently, I have attended one friend's Catholic funeral. I learned more about death and life. But once you know so much, you think about so much, that means you have your own individual thinking, you respect life. This is the fundamental thing, threaten CCP's ruling. You start to respect human life, then this is unstable for CCP because you see, we have big flood during the flood recently, uh, just in this week, to protect Beijing, they released the flood to the countryside nearby and thousands of people now has gone. We don't even have a number. More than thousand could be because in one village there were 5,000 people, and there are wow. so many villages, they are not informed by government, the flood will come. So the thing is, once you start respecting human lives, you cannot conduct this kind of policy as a staff mem- member in the government. You cannot keep silence as a journalist. You, you can, I mean, everything CCP wants to do will get obstacle. So from the root, they need yes. to remove this kind of respect to human life, which is what the good religion tell us to respect. Well, so so you make a very good point here in terms of removing the respect for human life. So <clears throat> as as Falun Gong talks about truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance, you could take a look at any of the religions in the world and they have those aspects of it because it comes back to the human soul, as you said, and, and believing in human life and the sanctity of human life. And so what's interesting here is, is that as that light comes on into the individuals in communist society, they no doubt have sort of an awakening. And, and you know, many people here in America, when they have an awakening to God, they say they're rebirth, you know, and they're, they're new Christians and such like that. But that awakening to understand the difference and the perspective provides a 180 difference from what the Communist Party wants you to do. Because if you respect human life, as you said, then everything they're doing comes into question because the communist regimes has no regard for human life. As you pointed out with the floods in China, the the China, the COVID lockdowns, 
you know, there was no sanctity of life. Humans are expendable. But for our audience here, as Dr. Yen and I talk about this, is not only the, the unrestricted warfare that China is conducting against us and other parts of the world, but as I've also talked about, there's the domestic cognitive war. And then the domestic cognitive war is the radical left liberals who are also conducting this type of warfare to make people disregard the sanctity of human life and the values we have in society. And this is why they push issues such as transgenderism. It's not transgenderism isn't a fight for individual rights, as it was with the gay movement, as I talked on previous programs. Transgenderism is being used to then subjugate and shut down people from having a different type of belief, much as the Chinese take and push different uh, things and, and the government is the God. So this is an interesting parallel, but the sanctity of life is also very key here. What you see with democratic policies and how they push these forward, like Obamacare and the death panels, everything comes back to taking away the sanctity of human life, looking at you and other people as necessary collateral damage to maintain the state, maintain the superiority of the state. No difference from the Chinese Communist Party in that regard. As we go to break here, Dr. Yen, and we'll come back in just a moment here, you can find out more about my show on Dr. Yen's show and latest podcasts if you go to AmericaOutloud.news under our shows. You'll see the voice of Dr. Yen. You'll see the NASA Security Hour and many other great, great programs. Follow us all on these programs and stay engaged. We'll be right back. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. So as we were discussing with Dr. Yen about the Falun Gong and the realization by individuals through such practices and religion of the sanctity of life, it brings to questions then, you know, and we were talking about the American domestic cognitive war and the global cognitive war or unrestricted warfare that China is conducting. What's interesting here in an article, uh, Jamie Gorey in the Epic Times in July 23 reports that uh, on this uh, Falun Gong prosecution. But what he also points out is that shamefully the CCC, uh, CCP has been aided and abetted for over a decade by American companies and medical institutions 
in their subversion and prosecution of the different religious aspects within China, not just Falun Gong, but the Uyghurs and others. Under a study uh, for the Golden Shield Project, it's called the Global Project, and this link will be provided on the podcast when it, when it comes out. It states the report that uh, Cisco is accused, the Cisco company here in the United States is accused of helping the Chinese Communist Party construct what is known as the Golden Shield Project. Uh, this data-driven surveillance platform covers all of China. Okay, what we also see is that uh, this global project in 2021, this report you can find the link on uh, when I put it out, also shows that in addition to Cisco, American technology firms such as Dell, Hewlett Packard, IBM, Microsoft, Intel, Oracle, all have supplied vital equipment to the Chinese police departments across the country, their country. What, what this says to Americans here is, you know, why are we doing business with a country that's committing genocide against a number of its own people, why are we doing business with a country that openly states they're in unrestricted warfare here in the United States with us? And so it, it just sort of boggles the mind that, that we continue, as you know, Lenin said, sell the rope to the bourgeois because you could sell the rope for them to then hang, be hang themselves by, right? And that's what we're doing here. We're selling our souls to China and giving more and more money, which what are they using it for? To come back, attack, prosecute, persecute, and try to hunt down uh, people like Dr. Yen here who are trying to get the word out about what's happening there. So let's go to the last question here, Dr. Yen. How does religious persecution, in your perspective, tie into unrestricted warfare? Okay, uh, when we talk about religious persecution, it's not only persecution, it's also manipulation for CCP. Maybe back to USSR, they mainly do the very harsh policy to persecute people, to eliminate that. But CCP has developed it. And this develop actually combined the cognitive intervention and the combined very unrestricted warfare tactics. So they make religion one side, they, as I said, the ones they don't like, the part people have still share freedom, respect human life, with, uh, then this other illegal part. That's what they need to eliminate. The other part is they use religion to get some people to use it to help CCP maintain the stability and also to deliver the misinformation and the propaganda to the world. Say China still is very nice. Just give China more time. China is developing and you need to help China. The more you help, the more work collaborate you give China, then China will be more like you. So that's also the misjudgment in the history for America. Your policies against, uh, to, to China, uh, towards China back to 50 years ago from Kissinger, from President Nixon, that was totally based on CCP's cognitive interference, based on their uh, strategic deception. Because once you open the gate for China uh, through the famous ping pong diplomacy, which I just wrote in the last episode. So that ping pong diplomacy, according to our sources in CCP, and also I come verified it through other circumstantial evidence, what I can get. It is a designated espionage uh, activity 
the athlete who talked to American athlete is a CCP's member for international liaison department, like the communist yes. international. <clears throat> so they managed to attract American athletes' attention in Japan through the ping pong game, and then invite them to China, show the hospitality of China from uh, to U.S., and then establish all this kind of secret visit, Nixon's visit in 1972 and 1979, uh, built the, uh, the, the diplomatic relation, right? And from beginning, Americans are treated that, see, China is not bad. They respect us. They are friends. Give them money, help them. They will be like us. And that's why unrestricted tactics is the main strategy for CCP. It's because once, uh, when they wrote it in 1990s, they also learned from Chinese Communist Party's experience and they know what CCP won. So in the whole strategy, they are talking about how to cheat others, how to violate the, all the rules, break out everything, the, uh, disrep uh, disrespect human rights to achieve your political goals. And the religion is one of the important tools combined in this kind of unrestricted tactic to help them to achieve their goals. So that's very interesting because, as, as, as you know, my definition of cognitive warfare, uh, the ways, in a good strategy, you have ways and means to, to reach a desired end. And the ways that adversaries such as China or here progressive radical Democrats use in the United States are religion, ideology, or issues. <clears throat> and so the ping pong diplomacy, there's different ways, sports and other things you can use for this. Yeah. The World Games in 2019, where the, potentially the virus was released back at the World Games in 2019, right? It was done as an experiment to infect Americans and it got out of control. Well, which And, and, and from, the, from the Chinese perspective, you're saying, because they don't have sanctity of life, they didn't care. They had a billion people. If they lose 100 million people, that means they have some more room. So this is very interesting in terms of the unrestricted warfare. In the book itself, the Chinese Communist Party sees technology in a sort as their god, right? In the, in the two gentlemen that write in there, in, in the man and technology uh, section, it, uh, it states in a reference to O. Spengler's article in Man and Technology, the two authors of the Unstructured Warfare state uh, from his book, like God, our father, technology is eternal and unchanging. Like the son of God, it will save mankind. And then they go on to say, it becomes universally accepted that warfare is a matter for soldiers. Before now, nobody has ever questioned that basic element. It says, what then happens when the day when it becomes war's God's face is still distinct? And what this means here is that, you know, they then talk and, and focus on the use of technology. Technology is the God. Technology is the creator, not man, not human, but technology. And in chapter seven of this book, 10,000 Methods Combined as One, okay, they talk about the great fusion of technologies is impelling the domain of politics, economics, military, culture, diplomacy, and religion to overlap with one another. So as Dr. Yen says, this is very much part of their overall unrestricted warfare effort because it involves not only using it to persecute people, as you mentioned, Dr. Yen, 
to infiltrate these different organizations, <clears throat> to spread their propaganda, and to manipulate. It's a very well-crafted strategy and a very well-thought-out strategy. And as we've talked to Dr. Yen, this has been going on since 1999 when the Unrestricted Warfare was published. You know, So over, over a quarter century here right now. So, But from your perspective, as we take a look at the use of religion here also, we also, in prior programs, have talked about you know, not only the uh, um, the United Front, but the covert front and their insertion of people into CPA jobs, into the businesses, into research departments and stuff, all using what, what you were just talking about, the tactics and stuff. Let's be friendly. Let's talk to them. Let's gain their yeah. trust. And then let's steal them blind and, and bring everything we have back. And it, it, there's no better exemplified than just the recent report in the last, last week here. Of two U.S. Navy soldiers. Yeah. Okay. One of them uh, who immigrated from China got his U.S. citizenship and then was compromised and to go back to then send uh, information back to China. And and so this is amazing how it's going. So what are your thoughts in terms of how well thought out this plan has been? And then the fact that they are also then using religion here and religious aspects to tie into their unrestricted warfare. So the thing is, if you don't realize CCP's nature, you don't understand how evil it is. If you still think it's conspiracy, then it's almost impossible for you to get void of their this kind of cognitive uh, cognitive interference from religion, from whatever things, because they're everywhere in aspect. There is no limitations. They can influence you, and they will use you as a tool, and it's a disposal tool, because as I, we just discussed, CCP tried best to make everyone disrespect human lives. And turns out, in back to China, there is already a kind of common sense after brainwash. Everyone's life can be abandoned as long as there is a larger goal. So as Xi Jinping always talk about selfless. What is selfless? Means you don't have yourself. Yourself is just a tool for the whole state, for the whole party, for their great rejuvenation that you can be sacrificed at any moment because you are nothing. And in front of them, you should donate your life and your family or whatever you can have. So as long as you have this idea of uh, human life, freedom, independent thinking, then it's difficult for you to be so selfish because you have your soul, right? You, you, you have your own, you're a human being, right? Yes, they don't yes. need it. They need to. So that's why when they come to use this kind of unrestricted tactics in U.S., as you said, why so many Americans are influenced and also they are converted to help CCP is because through religion, through other levels, CCP has developed the very mature tactics to take advantage of humans' weakness on spiritual level. So either they can neutralize you or they can further even turn you to their side. This is also described in the unrestricted warfare. They said technology is important, but human is the one use the technology. So change human's mind and let this operator work for you. So you have both human, you have also the technology. So yeah, yeah. this is their logics. No, exactly. So what's, what's interesting here is, as we talked about this, is that cognitive warfare, unrestricted warfare, 
is the primary domain they're affecting is the cognitive domain, the domain of the human mind. It's all about control and manipulation. And what you see here in the United States, so I'll do a little sidetrack here, is I just finished writing an article and, and doing an episode on what I call the Stockholm Syndrome. And the Stockholm Syndrome is where captors empathize with, uh, I mean, the, the, uh, the hostages empathize with their captors. And and they start to believe, and this is what <clears throat> this is what the far left, and this is what the communist Chinese party tries to get you to do, to forget about yourself, to think about the state as being the greater being, and in that regard, there, then you can be compromised to do anything, and this is where yes. they start small by using simple terminologies like a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man. And then you don't need a family, okay? There's no such thing you need as a family. It takes a village to raise a family, okay? Because what they do is not, a, not only move your mother and father and the individual out of it, they now make it a society thing, and then it becomes the government. The government becomes the God. And then every step with this stuff here, so like with our COVID lockdowns here in the United States, they use that not to advance the well-being of the American people, they used it to advance how far they could control and subjugate the people and how far through the propaganda, the narratives, much of it driven, as you've discussed, by the Chinese Communist Party. They lied about the science. They lied about the vaccines. They lied about the cause and the origin of the aspect. And if you disagreed with this, much as like in China, you were prosecuted, persecuted, lost your job, censored and canceled, not just by your fellow Americans, okay? But here in America, the FBI, the Department of Justice, Department of State, other elements got involved to purposely then censor Americans. So when when people hear, when, when Dr. Yin and I talk about this cognitive warfare and we go back and forth between what's happening in China and what's happening here in the United States, there's a purpose for that because it's one and the same. And when you take a look at President Biden, who many people know, I feel he's completely compromised. And with his son, with the deals and compromise, what they've done with energy, what they've done with cyber, what they've done with the illegal aliens, all this has enabled stuff to happen now with China, as Dr. Yin and I have talked about, the tens of thousands of military-aged Chinese men who've come into the country the illegal weapons lab that they've located out in California that you have to listen to Dr. Yen's, the voice of Dr. Yen's programs, because she talks about this and she has great expertise in this area. It's a, it's a, it's a horrific, scary as hell story. And so we both talk about that, but as we come towards the end here in the last couple of minutes, Dr. Yen, you know, religious persecution is an awful thing, but as we see here in unrestricted warfare, they can take, uh, they say, we can take any object and examine it from any angle or on any level and understand what it means is, but from the ang angle of domains, the domains of the military, politics, diplomacy, economics, culture, religion, psychologically and media can often all be seen as means. So what Dr. Yin, I want to highlight here is all those different elements are means to an end. And so in religious prosecution, uh, it was great we talked about Falun Gong. It was great we talked about the Uyghurs and such. But it was also great we got your perspective on this. Once you give us a, a minute or so of closing in terms of your thoughts on overall use of religious prosecution and unrestricted war in our discussion today, Dr. Yen. Thank you. 
my point is when we talk about religions uh, persecution, it's more because religions usually have their own organization groups. So it's easy for us to identify this kind of persecution. But for CCP, the persecution is everywhere. That's why communist members always talk about purify, purify their team. So how to purify? Anyone has a difference from them can be identified with as enemy when it's necessary. And so when these people, they, they share certain things in common, they, you can identify, for example, you and me can be called as the people in the maybe broadcast field. And once they come to us, if we have a lot of people, this can be media persecution, right? All like the scientists, the scientific group, if they are not helping CCP, then the others are persecuted. So it's everywhere. The thing is, they want to expand. They are greedy and they use all human lives as cost. In all the disaster happen in China, we have very big slogan that is the more disaster, the more perspective our state is. So. In the disasters, all the sacrifice are the cost affordable because after that, it shows how the state, how great the state is. Since the disaster is gone, those people are gone, but you will see a lot of propaganda, how CCP is helping other people avoid from disaster. This is a false, actually, uh, the false concept, but this is the main topic in their propaganda. Life doesn't matter, state and the party matters. So this, once you understand that, you can understand why the outbreak happened in Wuhan and then released to US. It doesn't matter for them. Those are costs. Oh, very interesting. So, so Dr. Yen, you know, I love the term that you use, purify. Okay, because it, it's so Orwellian, <clears throat> you know, in terms of purify. It's <laughs> they actually, it's almost yeah. like the genocide and you say purify. It reminds me of when I drive around uh, Old Town Alexandria and I see these signs that they all put up called peaceful coexistence. You know, there's no peaceful coexistence that they have planned whatsoever. And the people who usually put those signs up on their lawns are the ones who are the most, most usually the most belligerent. I'd like to once again thank you, Dr. Yen, for joining me today in these discussions. Please follow Dr. Yen on the voice of Dr. Yen, which plays again 4 p.m. Eastern on the weekends. I'm here on the NASA Security Hour to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside the fog of the daily chaos, chaos to give you a strategic perspective on NASA security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together can best ensure the resilience and security of our republic. Thanks for joining us on the mission. The NASA Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.